Hello, KBVR listeners. My name is Aiden, and today I'm excited to be joined by singer-songwriter Katie Ray. Her debut album, The Urge That Saves You, was released this November. We've been enjoying it a lot here at the station, and I'm stoked to talk about it today. Thank you so much, Katie, for being here with us. And to start, do you mind just introducing yourself a bit and sharing how you first started getting into music and songwriting? Sure. Um, yep, so I'm Katie Ray, and you might hear my cat today um, because my cat likes to speak up when I'm on the phone or uh, <laughs> talking to anyone. So just letting you know, his name is Woody. Um, yeah, so I am originally from Texas and I um, moved to New York when I was 18 and have been there for about 12-ish years. I actually now live in Jersey, taking a little break from the city. But um, yeah, I, I wrote songs um for as long as I can remember since I was a little kid, but it took me a while to um, have the confidence to to start playing live. And I started playing solo at little open mics in New York. And um, I was going to school for acting um, in my early 20s in New York. And um, but the thing I just loved to do most was was write songs and it took me a while to build up the confidence after playing you know a lot of shows by myself to get a band together and um finally finally record an album and uh yeah but um but songwriting has always been a thing and uh it was more of a I think some kind of coping mechanism (laughs) like I just had to had to do it uh, regardless of, of, of my, I don't know, uh, people hearing it. So, Okay. Yeah, because that was kind of going to go into my next question, I guess. It's like you were saying, yeah, you moved to New York for acting and acting school, and I was reading in the blurb that you were kind of picking up different gigs here and there, acting in like plays and TV parts. And, yeah, I was wondering if, when you were doing that, were you kind of full on into the acting or it sounds like songwriting was always kind of also in the background. Is that kind of what I'm getting? Yeah. Um, I went to a pretty serious acting program and I, I really did love, um, the work so much and I auditioned for some things and, um, mostly didn't get stuff, but every now and then I'd get some work and, I enjoyed it, but I found myself, um, you know, acting obviously is very emotional work and Mm -hmm. you're finding out a lot about yourself through um, like sort of dissecting characters and stuff. And I ended up having all of these, you know, just thoughts and, and I was writing more than ever when I was in acting school and um, yeah, yeah. It just was a, you know, it can be very taxing um, when you're in acting school emotionally. And it was just a a release for me um, to come home and, and write those songs. And um, But I wasn't really performing um, much musically when I was in acting school and, and, and kind of focused on acting. But it was always kind of in the back of my mind. Um, mm-hmm that maybe that's what I should be doing. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, 
performance of some sort has sounds like it's always been something that's been driving you, whether it's the acting or the music. Yeah, I mean, acting, what I was drawn to about acting, I think, was actually um, sort of the escape of being somebody else, which is so fun um, Mm -hmm. when there's some technique behind it. And um, I really felt like I could be like the goofiest I've ever been or the scariest or the most angry or whatever that I wouldn't necessarily show, you know, as myself. So it was extremely fun for me and I I didn't feel as nervous um, acting as I do and did um, playing my songs in front of people. I think that's been a a much greater challenge because I I feel so like so much myself when I'm um, Mm -hmm. performing songs, which can be really scary and um, I, I really think it took me like, I don't know, anywhere from five to 12 years to <laughs> actually start feeling okay playing my songs in front of people. I still get very nervous, but I feel okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, Yeah, that makes sense for sure. Because it's like the vulnerability of something you've written and something that is totally you. And like you were saying, contrasted with you get to be a totally different person. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Acting is a um I it's something I still um have the have the urge to to do and I I audition for things sometimes, but it's also a really hard thing to control. You're really unless you can find the finances to create your own short films or or put on your own plays, it's really hard to um, you're, you're doing a lot of waiting around for people to give you permission to play a part and yeah, music felt, um, there's some aspects of that in music too in the industry, but, um, you know, you can sit on your laptop and make a record if you want and book your own shows if you want. And, um, that felt really good. Yeah, for sure. And kind of getting into like, the live performances for these songs. Are you currently touring or having any kind of tour plans? Uh, what is What are your live shows looking like now that the album has been out for, I guess, a, about maybe like two months-ish now? Yeah. Um, the band and I have been playing some shows locally. Uh, I have a great band, uh, Ethan Kogan, Andrew Foreman, Ian Kenslar, and... I just love playing with them and um, we try to book, you know, a show once a month or so in New York and kind of spread them out a little bit so we can mm-hmm. incorporate new songs and play with different people and all of that. And um, But yeah, I'm planning a tour right now because we're going down to South by Southwest and that'll oh, be my, yeah. yeah, that'll be my first time playing that and um, trying to book you know, shows leading up to it and on the way back. So we're excited for that. Cool. Yeah. And yeah, we'll all be looking out for that for sure. Cause that'd be sick. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've seen a couple of clips of you and your bands playing live, like from the Instagram clips. And yeah, it seems like from what I hear in those short clips that you have the ability to really kind of capture 
the same kind of feeling that is on the record and then put it into the live setting. So that's something I've noticed that's been cool just in those clips. Thank you. Yeah, it's um, it's always hard <laughs> seeing clips of yourself back. I don't enjoy <laughs> that. And like speaking of acting, you know, I've done like some some acting stuff, and I I I don't like watching myself back, and mm. I I feel bad about it sometimes because I've had friends make films and I'm in them, and I like don't go to see them. But um, <laughs> it's probably very selfish. But it's uh, it's you know, I yeah, there there's something about the live band that. I, I know we were playing a good show when I kind of black out and forget that I'm even there, uh, you know, um, black yeah. out in the sober sense um, and just stay <laughs> in <laughs> the way that it, it feels. And, you know, sometimes we have those nights and um, that, that feels really good. Um, mm -hmm. And I love playing with this group of people. So it makes it um, easy. Yeah, that's awesome. So, you have a couple music videos out for some of the singles on this new album and in the process of making those videos, was that kind of an experience of taking you back to some of the acting you've done or was that since they're four year songs, was that like a different experience? I'm curious about that. Uh, yeah, no, it's funny. People have said that they've been like, Oh, and you get to showcase your acting too. I, I didn't feel like I was acting at all. It's just kind of, um, yeah, being myself in those videos, which um, in some ways did make it way more awkward. I like didn't know what to do. So, <laughs> but you know, we had kind of um, a loose plan. Oh, there's what do you? Um, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we we had you know like a loose um, theme and and plan going in, and I was really just kind of listening to the directors at a certain point. Um, and following their lead but yeah it wasn't it didn't feel like acting to me though mm. I guess I guess in a sense I guess in a sense it is um but I enjoyed I enjoyed making those very much and I learned a lot about kind of what I want to do going forward I, I I feel like there's a pressure may be the wrong word but I did feel like I had to put visuals out um to mm. to get the songs out more and I don't know if I necessarily want to do that the next time around unless I feel like um, I have a really strong idea and um, mm. but I, I that's not to say I don't like what the videos are I just I do feel like there's a kind of repetitive uh, thing that's happening with new music where put out a single you put yeah. out a video and um I'm wondering if there's another way about that. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah, that would be definitely neat to kind of explore what, because I mean, in some sense it is after the album's out, the video is almost a part of the marketing of it. So yeah, mm -hmm. like kind of moving forward and maybe finding a new way to market. That's not like you're saying just like song. Okay. Here's the video. And then kind of just going yeah. through that cycle. So. Yeah, because ultimately, um, I think where the disconnect is for me is um, with such a little budget, you're trying to get a music video together in a short amount of time to market the music, but you've spent like maybe a year or more working on the music, the mixing. So it's never going to um, 
really uh, be equal to the amount of work you put put into the song. So it's like not a fair representation for me, but I think that like we did the best we could on the the budget that I had. And, uh, you know, luckily met some people who were like, oh, you know, do this for free and we'll make something cool. And, um, I, you know, I'm happy about that. But I think that there's, there's some, uh, I don't know, some weird pressure around putting out visuals. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So sometimes I, I just wish the music could be enough, which it can be. I just, I guess I need to trust that moving forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And kind of speaking a bit more about the music, um, this is your debut album. Again, for those who are just tuning in, is called The Urge That Saves You. And it was released just this past November. Um, so yeah, with it being your debut album, I was curious how many of these songs have you kind of had in your back pocket for a while or were these songs written as the album? Because listening through it, there is, to me, it sounds like there's a really high amount of cohesiveness, like the songs sound like they are supposed to be together. So I'm curious if some are from like an older time and some are newer or if, yeah, what was that like? I think most of or all of the songs were uh, from about the same time period, though uh, it is kind of hard for me to remember because they were actually written probably more than three years ago, um, mm -hmm. at least, uh, because what happened was we recorded the record. And I mean, it was, I think, less than a week later that uh, everything started shutting down for the yeah. pandemic. So... Uh, I just didn't know how to move forward with putting the record out for maybe a year or two years. So it was just kind of in limbo for a while. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it just took a, it took a, it took a long time to put the record out. So the, the songs are quite old at this point. Um, mm -hmm. and so they mean something totally different to me as well. I don't always remember exactly what I was, um, thinking about as I, as I wrote them back then. Um, it's kind of For like, sure. a, I'm a, that was a different person, but, um, <laughs> but yes, I, I do think they all were coming out of about the same year. And I think I was in a certain place at that time. So it was all, um, you know, they all are quite connected and we were deliberate in, in them, um, having the same feeling and mm -hmm. being sort of, um, connected and um I don't know telling like one overall big story so yeah for sure and yeah I mean I would say you guys succeeded it comes across that way listening to the album and the kind of palette of sounds is shared throughout the track list um mm -hmm. and it kind of you know there's changes and stuff that of course make them feel different from each other but yeah the overall sound is, is i mean it's a sound i really like yeah it's cool would you mind <laughs> maybe going into describing how you see that sound i guess it's to me mm -hmm. it sounds like kind of 70s ish yeah i mean we I, there were two reasons that we recorded the record completely live um which i think gives it that mm -hmm. sort of 
70s feel because a lot of those records back then were recorded fully live live vocals everything and now Mm. everything is so um isolated and done um you know separately which is cool too uh Mm -hmm. and and a really great way to like really control how you want it to sound but um there's this because we recorded live i think there's this wonderful built-in dynamic to each song like when it's getting louder we're really getting louder when it's getting quieter we're really get, it's not manipulated and mm-hmm. so yeah we we did that because i only could afford like 2 days in the studio <laughs> so we were like the best way to the best way to um get through all these songs is just to re- rehearse a lot and record and so mm-hmm. You know, we did like five takes of every song, something like that, and picked the best one. And um, all the takes were totally different, but we just went with our gut on what felt right. And um, that definitely lends itself to the song because we were really listening to each other and playing to each other. And um, it was important for me that... uh, that the lyrics were a big focus and the story was a big focus. And um, yeah, we were connecting in the quieter times and the louder times. And it wasn't, um, uh, you can hear that it's happening in the, in the moment. And we kind of captured that performance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. That was something that I found really engaging about the album and like you were saying the dynamics and reading the I guess liner notes on Bandcamp where you can find this album if you're listening and wanting to check it out um is saying that uh your drummer Joshua Yeager mm-hmm. I believe uh co-produced the album with you so yes. yeah just like knowing about drums and dynamics it makes sense knowing mm-hmm. that he was kind of like behind the scenes on that too and I'm curious like how you guys started working together and like what he brought to the production. Yeah. I mean, he was really amazing. And, uh, the biggest thing was I, I knew I wanted to record an album, but I, I didn't quite believe I could do it. And he was Mm. fully backing the, the project and was like, this is what we'll do. He kind of organized, um, everything leading up to it. So, we rehearsed just him and I for a long time, really working out the um, arrangements of the songs, more so uh, rhythmically and structurally. And then we got the rest of the musicians in only about two or three days before we recorded. And it was kind of magic. Um, We really, they just, (laughs) I don't know how to explain it. They were just feeling it. And they're great musicians and they, you know, some of it was even being worked out day of, but um, everybody just got along so well. We didn't have to really talk it out too much. It, it, it just was, we were like on this little journey together and everybody found their individual voice within the songs. And, um, but yeah, Josh was, we were really on the same page about, um, the storytelling being the most important part and creating like tension and release in all of these Mm -hmm. moments based on 
what the lyrics were. And he actually has a background in in acting and um, writing for theater. And I think that we just clicked when we started playing together because um, he just he was story focused and um you know he's it just such an amazing musician as well and um i'm really grateful that that we got to work together and our friend our mutual friend introduced us who uh who played in a band with him uh called lion limb that is really awesome um and yeah and jonathan who was playing bass um amazing bass player uh who's on the record, they were in that band together. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of, I guess, going into the storytelling aspects of the album that you're talking about, in one of the press releases I was seeing, you had commented that the songs on there are prayers, premonitions, and warnings. So having mm-hmm. listened to the album, I hadn't... Yeah, I'm kind of like getting what you're laying down there. Um, but for the audience out there, would you care to maybe kind of elaborate on that? Like who might those messages be for or, yeah, anything? Yeah. Um, I think that sometimes <laughs> just in life, <laughs> you, you, what he wants to answer this question. Uh, I think sometimes in life, like you're, you know the steps that you need to take to maybe be your better self before mm. it's it's not conscious yet, right? And mm-hmm. I've always felt like um, I, I couldn't understand what I needed to do or where I needed to go or or what was the best thing for me until I sat down and and wrote it out. And so songwriting's always been this like messaging system for me or um, like therapist or something and. Mm-hmm. Uh, though I don't like, you should get a real therapist too. <laughs> but um, so there it and I and I have felt like um, I've written things before, and I I don't think I'm special. I've talked to a lot of songwriters who say this, but um, I've written things before that a year later I was like, oh my gosh, this ended up happening to me. I ended up having Mm -hmm. this issue that I was writing about a year before it even happened because I could kind Mm -hmm. of see a pattern of things. And then, yeah, yeah, it was like I was, yeah, they're warnings and um, um, prayers, like little hopes for yourself in the future. And I was in um, a time in my life where I was trying to quit some some habits, I guess you would say, and kind of get out of a a Mm. depressive hole I was in. And, um, I was trying to figure out why I was there. And so the, of course the songwriting sort of was helping me realize all of that. Okay. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And, Um, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it was quite emo, uh, response, (laughs) but you know, it's, what it is (laughs) yeah i mean yeah things just are what they are and i guess another theme i was kind of picking up in the track list if you don't mind kind of talking about that is it sounded like there was a theme of letting go of kind of grasping or like just reaching out for more or like things that i guess specifically on the song happiness that was kind of one of the 
maybe themes I was picking up. And mm. is that something that was also related to your journey in this like songwriting process? Yeah. I mean, that is one of the more literal songs on the record, yeah. I think. Again, it's hard to know where I was when I wrote it. A lot of things like 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 I said, it just sort of falls out, like a song falls out, but I don't know what it means till later. I'm like, oh, that's what I was trying to tell myself. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that that song is about accepting that you're changing and you're you're going to, if you just keep following what you love to do, you're on the right path and um and and treating yourself well um and with care and I you know like keep repeating this phrase it's like where she lives where she lives and I think I was literally being like where is happiness where am I going to finally you know where am I when am I going to finally feel this and what does that home look like um so yeah yeah oh yeah yeah and kind of getting into another one of the songs um like you mentioned you're born and grew up predominantly in texas right so mm-hmm. looking at the song um it floods in houston it sounds like that is one of the more i guess obviously like story driven songs like there's seems to be a story within that song itself and yeah. I was wondering what that was inspired by. Um, so it was inspired by my mother. I, I was born in Houston, but it's um, about this character, Jessica, which is mm. really inspired by my mother who – and I'm uh, – when she was a teenager in the 70s in, in Houston, and I at the time was kind of – while trying to figure out um, – aspects of myself of course I was relating more to stories my mom would tell me um and a lot of them had to do with kind of this rage inside her that I was feeling myself um mm-hmm. and like a woman's rage in particular I feel like comes out in uh, in these ways that um maybe standing up for somebody there's like a line in the which is a real story about um, my mother seeing someone being bullied and she mm-hmm. just kind of loses it and, and she's at a party and she grabs a a, bo- a a glass bottle and breaks it and like comes at these bullies, these cowboys. Mm-hmm. And um, I was really trying to explore like <clears throat> how you get to that point, though that's a really nice thing to do, but how you get to that point, where, that breaking point and what you're kind of pushing down. And so I was trying to understand her family dynamic um, and how that made her who she is and then how that makes me who I am. So I was doing a little bit of a, I guess, uh, like detective psychological (laughs) work there Mm -hmm. uh, and kind of painting a picture of her life. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, that kind of last part where she is like, charging at them and it's like give her a reason to it's like she's Mm -hmm. almost looking for it's a very visceral song so yeah yeah exactly that sort of I just need to I need to freak out and like thank god it's it's a uh there's a good reason for it um yeah so 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I, and, and I still don't even know how I feel about it per se, but it was something I needed to, to write, I guess. For sure, yeah. And going into maybe another little detail of that song, you mentioned Blue Bayou, of course, the Roy Orbison song. And I'm curious, um, since you're from Texas and he's from Texas as well, and there's, of course, a long legacy of like great Texas songwriters how have they influenced you or do they have any influence on the songs you've been writing? Um, yeah, I'm curious about that. Um, yeah, I think, you know, the version I was thinking of was uh, the Linda Ronstadt version oh, of, of that yeah, song. Yeah. And because um, my mom is a great singer and would always sing Linda Ronstadt in the house. Mm. And um so I, I just had this, uh, I guess, uh, inspiration of this big, amazing voice, not only from like Linda Ronstadt records, but my mom's. And um, mm -hmm. so, uh, yeah, I mean, also, yeah, Texas songwriters, Towns Van Zandt, like there's a lot of um, mm -hmm. greats that come to mind. And mostly there's something about good country songs their lyrics are, are, are they're, they're kind of like about i was telling someone about this today like i love lyrics that are have to do with the mundane that have this bigger message mm -hmm. like i was at the grocery store and whatever and i saw you in the other aisle like just really day-to-day mm -hmm. -day lifestyle stuff that i don't even know that i don't think that's how i write mm -hmm. but i love that stuff and um mm -hmm. I think sometimes simple can be better. I think as I'm writing more um, and I think it's harder to be simple and that's something I'm, I'm trying to incorporate um, in writing like less is more sometimes. And can you get mm -hmm. your point across with less? And um, do you, you know, can this song stand alone without a giant band around it? Um, For sure. Yeah. And I think those, some of those um, great songwriters from, uh, I don't know, they, they just, they, they need less, I guess. Mm -hmm. They don't need to make it sparkle. It just is the song, which I love. For sure. Yeah, I mean, some of those live albums where it's just them with the guitar and singing, it's like, dang, you can't get much better than that stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know a song's good if, if you can listen to it and love it just like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and kind of going into maybe yeah your mindset of writing songs um are you kind of thinking about another album on the horizon or what is that looking like right now yeah definitely um I think I have enough new songs for um an album and over the pandemic um I got into mixing my record but I also learned yeah. engineering and so it's a big priority for me to to record this next one on my own. I mean, you know, bring in bring in friends who are also engineers to help out, but I mm -hmm. really want to have um uh I don't know, like a creative control over the production side of it and uh how it comes together. Um and I'm really excited about that. And I'm excited about these people I'm playing with and how that changes the sound. And, um, mm -hmm. yeah, and I am, I am, 
I think in this next record, I don't think we'll do it fully live. I think we might do some songs like that, but I want to figure out how, uh, how much space, what, I guess when you're recording a big live album, there's a lot of musicians playing at once. So I, Mm -hmm. I want to see, um, how little we need in, in certain songs, just exactly what we were just talking about. Like maybe, maybe less is more. So cool. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I'm excited for that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to hear yeah more music that you put out because yeah, like I said, I've I've really been enjoying digging into the urge that saves you, and I Thank think really that's kind of all the questions I have prepared for today. Um, is there anything else kind of towards this ends part that you'd like to add for anybody listening out there, or where people can find your music or look out sure. for your future tour dates? Yeah, um, I think the uh, best way to listen is to to access Bandcamp. It's katyrae.bandcamp.com, K-A-T-Y-R-E-A. And um, on Instagram, you can follow me and, and see what shows I'm playing. Um, I hope to get the tour dates out pretty soon. Um, and I'm hoping before the next big record to put out some oh some covers that I've been working on um okay cool so hopefully I'll have a few more songs to listen to before the the next big project um but yeah I'm trying to think if there's anything else um yeah feel anybody uh who books shows feel free to to reach out to me because I'm totally DIY right now and um it's it's hard booking your own your own shows (laughs) For sure, yeah. Uh, but uh, no, this has been great, and I great questions. It's nice to talk to you. Yeah, it's been great talking with you, and yeah, thanks so much for joining us on KBVR. And yeah, we're all going to be yeah stoked when the next record comes out, stoked to keep listening to The Urge That Saves You, and looking forward to seeing you live hopefully sometime soon. But yeah. Yeah, I hope I so. Guess that is going to be a wrap on the interview for today. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you.